Lulu is writing sonnets. Little Lulu is writing epics. Little Lulu is writing haiku. Little Lulu is writing free verse. What a mess, says Little Lulu as she reads her own lines. A man with a monocle approaches in pinstriped pants. Let us go then, you and I, when the evening is spread out against the sky. Oh, phooey, says little Lulu. My mother told me never to go off with strange men. Bug off. Little Lulu is not easily influenced. Her river runs deep, sweet. She does not yet know her labor will be long to find her little Lulu song. She snuggles up to her notebook in her clubhouse. The No Boys Allowed sign is tacked on her door. She'll explore her dreams. She'll explore the inner Lulu. She'll ride a shooting star to the moon and come back as a turtle or a frog or a deer. She'll die twice and resurrect. She'll change her dress three more times to yellow, purple, and then black. She'll cackle and she'll laugh and then she'll be a poet. This poem, which is called Love Chant for Greg, I was actually, uh, he had talked about, do you ever put a person's name in a love poem? You know, it could be for anybody. And I said, well, generally no, but people do, you know. And so I said, oh, I'm going to do that. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to do it a lot of times. I'm going to write a Sistina. Tell us first what a Sistina is so that people can appreciate what you've done because that is really difficult. Okay, a Sistina means that you have six-line stanzas and you write your first stanza with your six end words, the last line. So in this case, the last words are name, Greg, unsaid, daybreak, birds, and whispers. And for each other stanza, there's a set order, which I can't tell you. You could look that up. But anyway, in a different order, each stanza used the same end words, which could get tedious. So you have to keep it interesting. But you are trapped in these words that you have to end your lines with these same six words till the last stanza, which has only three lines. And in it, you have two end words, two end words, and two end words. So it's very complicated. And I've never spent as much time because I was trying to get it right and get the rhythm and do all that and not bore people with, oh, I know what word's coming now. (laughs) So, love chant for Greg. You ask how you are to be sure if the poem that does not wear your name was written for you, who is so much more than the name pronounced as Greg. But things are seen and known at the center, even if their truth is unsaid. You wrap around me, pull me close, seek me out each daybreak. We listen together to the warble and shock of morning birds. We call each other love names, ears open to their whisper. Love does not always crow. Sometimes it has to whisper, short of breath and eager with the rush of words besides your name. I do not know the nomenclature of the dark dawn singing birds. And as you have pointed out, my poems are not inscribed with the crown of Greg. But I am beginning to recognize those curious bird warbles of daybreak, patterned like our own chirping mornings with nothing left unsaid. 
We have both said and done ugly things that cannot be unsaid, raged and forgotten to listen to the darkening day's whisper. Separated by an ocean of bed, we have met daybreak, me mutely, you ever watchful, vigilant as the meaning of Greg. And one would have thought it was a witch's cackle instead of the song of birds that awoke us if we had slept at all with their raucous calls that never whisper. I once could name more than hawk and sparrow, robin and owl, knew of birds that flew the skies, remembered then so many names, now mostly left unsaid. So even if unwritten, these love poems hold no other name than Greg, which you should know as you have known my breath inside your ear as a whisper. Anyway, it still is true, all said and done, what really is a name except a name. Who we are is always what we find when the sun makes the day break. Even when the sky is thick with lead showing the grayest of daybreaks, even when the chill that nibbles our hearts is stiff in winter air, there are birds, and neither you or I or the woman next door knows all of their names. And does it matter that we speak of their song but leave their title unsaid? Or is what matters you and I in our trembling whispers? Is what matters the truth of my love and the mirror reflection that is Greg? Have you heard the young boys sing the chants that are Gregorian, songs of faith, a surety of moon at night and sun at daybreak? Sometimes inside the harshest storm, you can almost hear their whisper. This is called the New Dark Ages because we are in the New Dark Ages. You feel it? And I dedicate this to Martin because you know, some of you never saw him, probably never think much about him. Um, but for us, people of color, he remains this brother who loved us. You know, I've been taking this book and reading it. That's why I'm so dirty. And, and talking to younger people who seem not to know how loved they've been. And I feel it. It's such a tragedy. It, how can you not know, and yet I know how they don't know, that you've been so loved, that you were loved by people who, you know, they didn't have hardly anything, but they, they knew they wanted you to have a future. So beautiful. So anyway, as we slip into the new dark ages, you become more dear to me. Your face, your smile, that carefully trimmed, never to turn gray hair. We may not emerge from this darkness in my lifetime. And yet, I think of you so often smiling or laughing outright, your sturdy frame gallant and ready for the fight. Though it is true, you left home like the Buddha. 
to find a way for all of us. Leaving your wife and children to suffer a most peculiar loneliness, and yes, the children, some of them, would be lost. Still, we miss you dreadfully as we miss so many others who left us with this one desire, this one desire, that no matter how steep the fall into obscurity and obscenity, obscurity and obscenity, this new age pretends, portends. Life might permit us, life might permit us to remain standing, remain standing if only on the inside, smiling and laughing with you among the solemn army who went out into the darkness all those years ago, always singing, always singing to examine the path and be the light. was written for my first husband, Alan Frankovich, who was the documentary filmmaker, the um, director of the three-hour documentary history of the CIA on company business. And this is called Notes for Elegy, and I will mention that it alludes to his unfortunate demise. He was coming into this country, attempting to come in, his name on the security watch list, and he was not able to succeed in entering the country because he died while being taken aside for interrogation by the uh, officials at the Houston International Airport. He died of a heart attack. This is called Notes for Elegy. Days. I can't get back to them. They exist with God today. Burning light projected through small frames. You never wanted a stable substance to be your medium. How many reels of film to make a case steeped in night in concentration? Did you think of me when the train window darkened, obscuring birch trees or the Russian steps? A leafage of questions clothed you, restored your spirits like a fast. Then something stopped, on rang a bell, refused the taste of names. Your breath returned to a sky that warred with nothing. Did the interrogator ask you many questions? Did your breath leave you all at once? I ask rhetorically, or should I say I wasn't there? I seem to see a meadow now, a scorch mark on a sleeve, a needle, tiny scissors, a sewing kit for travelers, smallness of mementos in a room, a Cuban stamp reproducing a famous photo, the red flag raised above the Reichstag in Berlin. You just heard Kathleen Weaver, Alice Walker, Devorah Major, <clears throat> excuse me, and Judy Wells. 
and lovely, actually, all of them. And interesting, <laughs> which is cackle showed up in two of the <laughs> of the poems in very different ways. Um, all of them also moving out of the self into something else. It's interesting to another person. Or to, in, in Judy Wells's case, a cartoon character, which I remember quite vividly, Little Lulu. And uh, in all of those cases, people begin to change the other thing that they're moving towards and to give you a sense of something outside themselves. I thought that was very interesting about all of them. I enjoyed very much, <clears throat> excuse me, Devorah Major's uh Sistina. I haven't yet dared to try it, but I've heard that poem now of hers about four times, and I think I'm working up the courage <laughs> to try such a poem. There's a very funny poem um, by John Ashbery, which is a Sistina about Popeye and olive oil, <laughs> etc. It's very funny. So, I wanted to just say this, and don't have more to say about it, but I just want to say and acknowledge that a very great writer, American writer, Toni Morrison died, and she is the first black woman to earn the Nobel Prize in literature. Yeah, that was marvelous. Not that she died, it was marvelous that she lived. Yes, it was marvelous that she lived. And I also want to talk about an upcoming event that I'm going to be part of that's pretty exciting for me. I'm going to be reading at Bird and Beckett with the legendary Q.R. Hand and Benicia Poet Laureate Thomas Stanton oh, in great. San Francisco. We'll be premiering Diane de Prima's poem, and we're going to present it as a spoken word trio, respecting and honoring her poetry. We call ourselves the Silverado Trio in reference to our home turf, that is, uh, the North Bay, and our journey on the artist path. Our debut will be at Bird and Beckett Bookstore in San Francisco by the Glen Park Station on September 7th at 5 p.m. And if you come, and I hope you do, please stay and say hello at the end. That will be so wonderful. And you can wish me a happy 85th birthday Absolutely. at that time. Now, what, what again, What what's the date of that? That's going to be September 7th at 5 p.m. at Bird and Beckett Bookstore. And what day of the week is that, do you know? I think it's a Wednesday. I think it's a Wednesday, too. So, Wednesday, September 7th, Bird and Beckett. And you get to see the liveliest 85-year-old person I know. And I know a few people over 80. It's <laughs> Nina takes the cake. Well, I don't know about that. But uh, a friend of mine recently died at 88. And it was the Cuban poet and intellectual leader, Roberto Retamar, the author of books, poetry, and essays. And I wrote the following poem when he died. The reason I called him uh, a, a, a leader of, of intellectual life, or what I usually think of, is because he was the head of Casa de las Americas, which is 
is continues to be and has been since 1959, the Cuban Revolution triumph, the focal point for leftist Spanish language literature and art. And this is a poem to Roberto Fernandez Retamar, Death of a Poet. My friend has died tonight, as I will one day. I feel the empty space of his absence. His poet words float around me. Only a few weeks ago, I wrote my last words to him, though probably never received. When we first met 50 years ago in Mexico City en route to Cuba, I asked him for the name of a color to dye my hair, already lightly threaded with silver. He told me the translation of chestnut from English to Spanish. After the beauty parlor, he complimented me on the color. We dashed around Mexico and met up soon after in Havana, again and again. Years would pass until my hair was naturally all gray. I translated his poems. We discussed my choice of words, a revolution in Nicaragua, and we met again and again at international literary occasions. The last time I saw him, he came to California. My hair was turning white. I made lunch for him and his woman companion. He thanked me and approved again my translations. Not knowing the woman was his wife, I mentioned a poet, his former lover's name. I was surprised when he denied any relationship with her. But then later, realizing the woman now with him had been his wife all along. What a blunder! I sent a letter to apologize, but since our countries were on bad terms, the letter never arrived. I tried sending it with a traveler, but again, my apology never arrived. And then years passed and the issue faded. Then, only weeks ago, I sent him my words of congratulations for his latest prize that probably were never received. There are tears in my eyes tonight from this sad internet news, but I am not sorry. His life was long, with much reason to feel fulfilled, yet his absence hurts. Our lives and our era fade, leaving me feeling so lonely, and I am so glad he liked my translation. What a lovely poem. Thank well, you, thank Nina. You. Yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult as we get older. Um, I'm just this brief poem, actually. So I've written a couple of poems for my birthday, and this is one. And it's connected, I think, to what you just read. How to be old when you feel young sometimes. How to be. There is no answer. But Jesus, the memories... And they, was, they go so far back, 1940. Let us say that the cross we're nailed to is time, and that time is nothing but the burden of memories, so that essentially we are nailed to the life we lived, and if we forget, we are given drugs to stimulate remembering. There is no answer 
But Jesus, Jesus, the memories. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a number of us have felt that one. <laughs> I mentioned the North Bay. I'm living in Vallejo. And these are two poems. I'll read them one at a time. Maybe you could read one in between. All right. About the nearby town, Benicia. And this is called Benicia Sights. Benicia has the cutest dogs paraded down the street. One man cradled the pooch in his arms, murmuring all the way, You are protected. Some canine are dyed beautiful patterned colors, walking works of visual art. The homeless people, on the other hand, hide in the bushes. <laughs> this is a song lyric, actually, that I've written for Tony Perez. And um, noir, actually, is something that I, I expect Tony will be setting. So that's also a, a musical piece, really. Um, but this one, uh, this particular song lyric, which he hasn't had a chance to set yet, he just got it. But uh, I, I rather like it. It's called Along Came Zimmerman. I gave my heart to Irving Berlin. Gershwin and Rogers made my head spin. Hammerstein, Kern, Herman Hupfeld, too. And also the fellow who wrote Am I Blue? But along came Zimmerman. Along came Zimmerman with his folk guitar and his nasal voice. I gave them all up. I had no choice. He made them all seem passé. I loved Larry Hart, so witty was he, and Porter's Begin never ended with me. Nobody's higher than Lerner and Lowe, and Lesser's not lesser, I'd like you to know. But along came Zimmerman, along came Zimmerman, with his electric and Joan Baez, and the things he sang that everyone says, he made them all seem passé. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking that all fell away when he started rocking. We saw revolution in every song. We saw a new world as we sang along. We gasped as he grinned and rang and moaned. We knew everybody must get stoned. Now, if the creek don't rise and the good Lord's willing, we'll have a hundred years of that man, Bob Dylan. A hundred years, though at times he's been booed. A hundred years of his attitude. But along came Zimmerman. Along came Zimmerman with his harmonica and his tongue so tart and his cocky manner and his stealing heart. He made them seem... Like an old-fashioned dream, he made them seem passé. Beautiful. <laughs> I I remember when he uh, when he won was it the Pulitzer Prize for yes, poetry? Yes, yeah, not yes. long ago. And and you had very mixed feelings about that at oh, the I time. Do. Yes, sure. I think he, um, uh, actually David Meltzer claimed that uh, uh, Dylan always thought of himself as a songwriter, not a poet. And that he continued to do that, but other people had other ideas about that, and they wanted to give him a title better than songwriter, and so they wanted to call him a poet. But he regarded himself as a, as basically as a songwriter, and he's a wonderful songwriter. I think that's something to be. Um, and um, 
That's terrific. I think there's no reason why not to. Um, there are good reasons to give that prize to him, but there are also reasons maybe to give it to somebody who doesn't need the money or needs the money in a, in a way that Dylan certainly does not. Well, this is my last poem for the moment, and it's called Benicia Sunset. As I explained, it's the town next to my town, Vallejo. And I've read it to you before, but I want to read it again because it's coming to that time of year when this incident happened. Benicia Sunset. We brought folding chairs and blankets to the grassy cliff top, surrounded on three sides by the Sacramento River, to listen to John on his indigenous flute accompany the sun as it set, slipping behind the Carquinas Straits into the glowing horizon. Amazing. And yet, it has been happening every night of my life, unwatched and unappreciated by me. So many moments of note going unnoticed by me. Me is missing the planet's major daily events. They are happening without my awareness. My awareness is unaware. <laughs> missing Mother Earth's glories. Missing Mother Earth's glories. Only an eyeful away. Yeah, there they are. <coughs> and so often that happens to us. Um, I've got a little story, actually. It's about somebody my father worked for. He was a famous man in his day and has some fame still, George M. Cohan. There's a story about George M. Cohan told by Chip Defa. An actor comes to Cohan, tells him his love has left him, and there's nothing left for him in this world. Here, George, says the actor, I've written this suicide note. Don't try to dissuade me. Oh, oh, I see says Cohan. Hmm. You know, this note should use a little work. Work? Yes, says Cohan. Look here. You don't want to write anything like that. That's just to... Hand on his shoulder. Come on with me. We'll work on it a little. By the time they finished, there was no longer a suicide note, and the actor was no longer going to commit suicide. And George M. Cohan and a new song lyric based on what had once been a tear-stained confession of despair. Near the conclusion of a late play, Cohan's protagonist asks, Why should I permit life to make a fool of me? That's what's the matter with life, Doc. It's had too much of its own way. Somebody's got to give it a battle. Why not I? And why not I? And why not I? That's what we got to do. Give life a battle. <laughs> Tell a lot of lies. <laughs> hope, Good lies. <laughs> hope you're all there tonight to hear Jack and Sangy. 2095 Hayes Street, Sacred Grounds, San Francisco. Come at 7. Read us a poem, too. We'd love to hear you. Feature starts at 8. Feature at 8. Indeed. And in September, you're going to be reading, too. And... We keep going. Don't ask us why. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, and uh, thanks to our board operators for 
putting us out there into the world, it's always surprising. Shan Hathaway, Miguel Guerrero. Gracias. Gracias. KPFA listeners, come spend a beautiful summer day at the 20th annual Laurel Street Fair World Music Fest on Saturday, August 10th in Oakland, California. We are committed to keeping our festival wheelchair accessible and open to all. Enjoy an amazing lineup of music and art from around the corner and around the globe with live performances by Kita Panas, Fito Reynoso, Orchestra Gold, The Onyx, Siomara, Prescott Circus, DJ Cecil, and much, much more. We invite you to bring your family and enjoy our morning yoga class, kids' carnival and petting zoo, global cuisine, interactive art exhibits, and much more at the 20th Annual Laurel Street Fair on Saturday, August 10th. To sign up to be a volunteer or learn more, please visit us online at laurelstreetfair.com. All proceeds benefit the Laurel District Association. Thank you for your generous support and patience as we had to extend this pledge drive to reach our goal. In return, we pledge to ante up for you the high-quality journalism and alternative music exploration you tune in to 94.1 FM for. In these challenging times, KPFA needs your help to keep the heat on those who threaten our freedom to speak truth to power. Remember, we are your sanctuary of dissent. Thanks for keeping KPFA as vigilant as always. You're listening to 94.1 KPFA, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K24BR in Santa Cruz, and online worldwide at kpfa.org.